Hey, this is Brent Jensen. You're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. This show is brought to you by Pariah Pickups, handcrafting the very best guitar pickups all the way down in Detroit. Check them out at pariahpickups.com. To support the No Sleep Till Sudbury show on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash Music. All right, this week on the show, my guest is Daryl Hers, music business veteran of many years and a massive proponent of Canada's indie scene. Here he is. Daryl Hers, thanks for doing the show today, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to this discussion. And I've been looking forward to this for some time because I know it was set up and uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking to dig in. Good. Okay. Well, you brought more than enough songs. We have uh, eight of your songs to talk about today. So that is good. And uh, it's a great list, man. I like it. Before we get into those, I wanted to talk to you about what you've been doing lately. So you are the Director of Marketing Development in Canada for CD Baby, but you are also the founder of one of Canada's largest emerging artist showcase festivals and conferences, and that's Indie Week Canada. Yeah, it's it's crazy how things have evolved, but, you know, I've been doing the indie thing pretty much almost all my life, mm-hmm. and... You know, prior to that, I was HMV, bookers of venues, managers of bands, and everything has really come together in the last few years. And I'm, I'm very grateful to work for a company like CD Baby that empowers independent artists. Mm-hmm. So, so everything is just like seems to be the right fit. And, and I'm, I'm very lucky at I get to do what I do. Yeah. And you do a great job. I mean, I, I was there at uh, the hideout a couple of years ago for Indie Week. And uh, saw some great bands. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, like the whole point of doing Indie Week from the very start was about giving a stage to artists that otherwise might not get a chance or get focus on them, highlight, however you want to say it. And and it's funny, like as I was starting Indie Week years ago, like mm-hmm. it's almost twenty years now. I remember trying to promote it, and people were like, well, what artists are playing? I'm like. You won't know any of them. The point is, <laughs> come and discover them. And it was about seeing how a lot of independent artists at that time were being overlooked and not, not like artists who were doing great and pulling great crowds could not get into showcases. So that was, that was the initial motivation behind it and really still is. We, we want to give voices to new artists. Uh, artists that are really ready for the next level. And with COVID, we're really focusing on international because we can have international audiences tuning in online. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I love that you do this for, for indies because I, I have indies on the show too. And these are people who are supremely talented. And unfortunately, you know, for, for whatever reason, nobody knows about them. But, you know, you, you listen to them and you, you think these people should be famous. Absolutely. And you know what? Well, we're in a digital age where the tools are there and the platforms are all there for artists to run their careers. Mm -hmm. One of the things that is not helping them is algorithms. Ah. And so it's the kind of thing where, uh, say, the Mod Club in downtown Toronto, one of the bigger venues, hacked all the time. And I'll, I'll look at the listings and go, I have no idea who any of these artists are. And part of the thing is because I don't fit the profile of their potential fan, I will never see their marketing because the algorithms only goes to the people they're targeting. And that's not me. 
So we don't have record stores to go to discover music. Playlists are often, if you're scrolling through Spotify, are they're recommending songs based on what you already listen to. Mm-hmm. So, and and I, as you can probably see from the list of songs, I like everything. And so unless I'm really like listening to a certain genre, I'm not going to get fed any of the recommendations based on that genre. So discovery is a little bit different these days, and it can be a little bit harder. And what it means is artists need to be marketing more aggressively, like paid ads and and really being aggressive in online strategies. But, you know, the art of just discovering music is very different these days and actually quite difficult because you're being recommended stuff that sounds like what you're already listening to. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think of that. Now, you you had also recently hosted uh, the Music Pro Summit, and uh, that was a a, a virtual conference that featured speakers from, you know, places like Spotify and Live Nation, but it also gave indie artists an opportunity to connect with industry professionals from those places in order to, 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 you know, get a little bit more exposure and learn a little bit about the music industry and probably tips like that. Yeah, well, you know what, this whole COVID space, it's funny, like when it first started, first it was like, oh man, we can't do what we do. And Mm -hmm. we canceled it and like we lost the whole live component. It was really stressful. And then we decided to go online with Indie Week and that was last November. So we're coming up to a year since we hosted our first online conference. And when it was over, it's like, wow, that was actually like really cool. And the feedback is amazing. We don't want to wait until November next year because we'll lose momentum. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, we just launched more conferences. So we've, we've actually launched also Screen by Screen, which is music and tech, mm-hmm. and that's in February. So things like AI, VR, blockchain, that kind of stuff. And then Indie 101 was April, and that's really like emerging, like people who are starting in the business either as an artist or somebody starting to get a career in the business. And then Music Pro Summit, uh, as you said, we had really high-level discussions with high-level people in the industry like Spotify, uh, Deezer, uh, Live Nation, and such. So so we've actually broken up what we would normally do in a big one conference in a hotel. Mm-hmm. I feel online, you can't really run it where you've got five rooms running at the same time like you would in a hotel. So so we've just sort of broken it into the different demographics throughout the year. And by doing so, the, the talks are more focused. People are connecting more. Uh, people are able to ask questions. And then the content itself is recorded and people can go back and watch it up to six months after the event's taken place. And they can keep connecting up to six months on the platform. So uh, we're seeing a lot of positives come out of it by going online. Oh, that's great. Yeah, just the fact that people can go back to it and watch it again. Or if, they, you know, if they've missed it, they can watch it for the first time. I, th- I think that's a huge advantage. Yeah, I was on Music Pro Summit last night, literally watching some of the videos myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, yeah, that took place over a month ago. So, yeah. so it's pretty cool. Yeah, very. All right, my friend, are you ready to get into your song list? Sure. All right. Here we go. So Absolutely. This is, uh, this is very interesting. The, your first song is Olivia Vedder. It's my father's daughter. Yeah, so that that's kind of like the current song that really is like 
sort of perked my ears up and was like, whoa. So it comes from a soundtrack called, uh, for the movie Flag Day, which is directed by Sean Penn, and Sean Penn is in it. So here's a kind of like the weird father-daughter thing. So Sean Penn is in the movie, he directs it, and his daughter is his daughter in the movie. Oh. Yeah, and then he, he gets Eddie Vedder to do the soundtrack, and Eddie Vedder gets his daughter to sing the lead single for the soundtrack. And, and so when the words are, you know, I'm my father's daughter, it's like, is she talking about better or is she talking about the role in the movie? And then Glenn Hansard is also one of the co-writers. He's a Irish singer songwriter, mm-hmm. uh, great performer, great lyricist. And uh, this is a song that I just was like, wow, recently Eddie Vedder has been part of this festival in, I, in the States. I can't remember the name of it. And uh, had Olivia, come up and sing this song so it was like the first live performance of it and i was like wow it it works live too so when a song can have such meaning behind it uh, and uh powerful lyrics and performance I, I i think it's really great and this i feel has it oh yeah for sure now your next pick uh is glenn hansard speaking of glenn hansard and um it's falling slowly yeah so that was my introduction to glenn hansard and i think it was for everybody so it was it was kind of like this sleeper where did this come from because uh, uh it's it too is from a soundtrack and i can't remember the name of the movie of course right now but basically it won the grammy awards as this indie artist doing a soundtrack for an indie film in ireland and like won this really massive award and really brought the spotlight to how quality can still make a difference as opposed to the, such a commercialized platform and music and such. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So the story behind it's really cool. And Glenn, I believe is in the movie as well. I think correct me if I'm wrong on it, but you know, it's about independent artists and Irish and, and such. And for me, uh, we ran Indie Week in Ireland for six years and I managed a band in Ireland for oh, two wow. and a half. So, so, Ireland has a special spot in my heart, and and that also ha- plays a factor to it. That's cool. This song, uh, Falling Slowly, the, the first line, actually, if you don't know who Glenn Hansard is, it actually sounds like Eddie Vedder is singing the first couple words. Well, the, the funny part is, is ever since then, Eddie Vedder and Glenn Hansard have collaborate, collaborated a lot. Eddie Vedder, when he goes on tour solo, often Glenn Hansard would perform with him or be the opening act and through that relationship they've they've started like co-writing and and that might have played a, a role in this the the first song i picked where they they collaborated in the song so so very much it's a very it's an irish eddie vetter kind of sound yeah. almost sometimes <laughs> yeah definitely uh here's a classic next prince purple rain yeah who, who can't who cannot listen to purple rain and not be moved that performance really shows you know one songwriting but also performance like the guitar on that song that the the tone uh plus i believe it's a live recording that you hear and it's like you know how many times it's so hard for an artist to capture what they do live and and i felt that that recording did capture it because there's a rawness to it there's a bit of a push and pull and resolution and uh yeah man purple rain um, wow like i remember when that first came out and you're just like 
this is massive. This yeah. is going to change things right now, you know, yeah. and, and it did. It yeah, did. No, you're, you're right. And what an, uh, uh, an underrated guitar player Prince is. Oh, it, if you listen to this, you could hear so much of like Hendrix kind of influence yeah. in there. Yeah. It, you know, Prince, then it, then fast forward to the, his Super Bowl performance where he performed Purple Rain and it was raining and didn't affect him at all. Like if anything, it enhanced the performance and, and, uh, yeah, anytime if you can watch, look him up on YouTube, like a live performance of Purple Rain, he kills it every time. And it's not always the exact same every time. And that's part of, like I was saying, you know, when it's live and prints, it's such in that moment mm-hmm. aspect to it. And uh, it's different all the time. So, yeah. yeah, great song. Great song. There's a there's a great clip on YouTube, actually, of, of and I think he's on an award show with a bunch of other guys or something. It's some kind of celebration of something. And, and Tom Petty is there and a couple of other guitar players. I think Clapton might be there. And uh, Oh, yeah. It, have you seen this? Prince gets a solo turn and everybody just kind of stands back and you can see their faces going, holy shit. Yeah, it's, uh, I believe it's uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. That's it, that's it. And uh, that's a that's a, like a famous performance of Prince for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone's just like, okay, hands down, give the solo to Prince, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, U2 and Kite. Deep cut from all you can't leave behind. Yeah, so you two, I think, is is a, a band that you know I've studied in in the fact that like you know if you, if anyone is like how do you get to be a successful band, look at a successful band, and you two is like kind of the top I feel. And there's a lot of naysayers. Like sometimes people are like oh they suck, and I'm like mm, well when when did they not sell out a show was that 79 or 80 because i think every show since then has been sold out so i think they're doing okay well what's their worst album five million sold i think you know like that's a dud for them so instead i kind of looked at them as like okay well how did they do it and what did they do so in picking the songs i could have picked god 10 of you two songs but I didn't want to pick the obvious. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, picking a song like Kite, it's a point in their career where songwriting is changing. And I think really focusing on lyrics, not necessarily as poetry, which I think earlier days was poetry mm-hmm. with storytelling. And I think it's now focusing more on the storytelling side. And, you know, if I could pick one particular performance of it, there's a YouTube video online with them in Australia and they have a didgeridoo player on and they extend it. And it, so like that extension, and that's another thing is often you two will kind of like the outro will last five minutes longer or they add small covers within it. The YouTube version with them in Australia, it's also on Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because like the lyrics are great and, and the chord progression is really cool. But one thing that's sort of embedded in there that I don't think anyone caught on is like there's a part at the end where they go, Kate Blanchett, this for you, Edge, go. And he starts playing a solo. And I believe it turns into Ordinary World by Duran Duran. And just how that fits in there. I was like, wait, I've heard this before. The way they can kind of do that and show possibly where inspirations have come from chord progressions and things like that. Um, But yeah, Kite, it's just a... 
a really meaningful song about just get the most out of life. Life should be fragrant from the rooftop to the basement. You know, like really just, it's kind of like if you've ever watched Dead Poets Society where mm-hmm. Robin Williams talking about carpe diem, you know, get the most out of life. And that's that's really what this song is about. As a kite, you know, you don't know which way the wind is going to blow. You know, you got to make the most out of it while you're here. And that's really what the song is about. Yeah. I love that you 2 does stuff like that. You know, they, especially live, there's always like a little wink. I don't know. They, they do that often live. And I, I always thought that was really cool. If you look at their career and like kind of study it, again, like I studied a lot of it. You know, how does an Irish band make it big in America? Mm-hmm. Well, they've done duets with Frank Sinatra. They create a song that has a Bo Diddley beat. They do a song with B.B. King. They cover Bob Dylan. They they really write about Americana, like Angel of Harlem. Mm-hmm. Like they really embedded themselves in sort of like the roots of American music. And they also kind of like it was really in front of everyone's eyes, but they kind of pulled the wool over it because people didn't realize, like, how do you get big in New York? Sing about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. like. Like they have songs about New York. And so guess what people in New York are going to do? They're going to buy tickets and go to the concert. And uh, and they did that throughout, you know. So very cool what they did. And, and hats off to them because no other band has really done what they've done, you know. Yeah, I you know, people who will just kind of um, reflexively say that they suck, I, I, I don't think they know a lot about U2 because if, if you do, you, the history of U2 is, is four guys and they didn't think that they would even be able to write their own songs. They, they started a band, none of them could play particularly well, I think, except the drummer, uh, Larry Mullen. And um, yeah. they had no you know, real aspirations to be famous. They wanted to just make a little bit of noise and, and uh, get their anger out. And they played covers for a long time because they said, we, we can't possibly write our own songs. There's no way we can do that. We would never even come close to, to, to any of our musical heroes. And, and look what they did. Yeah. Oh, One of the absolutely. biggest bands in the world. I, I, I truthfully can't think of a bigger band almost, truthfully, in the fact that it's the same lineup the entire time. Mm-hmm. And... They, they've created eras. Like if you look at what they were with Joshua Tree versus Octune Baby, you wouldn't think it's the same band. And then when Pop came out, you would think it's a different band. Mm-hmm. And, and so they were able to actually reinvent themselves each and every single time and then adapt the older classic songs into their current era. So like when they were doing Pop, which is more dance and electronic, when they played Joshua Tree, they incorporated it into that new sound right. and and still works. And and so, you know, I, I just have a lot of admiration for an artist that can reinvent themselves and stay relevant yes. throughout. It's crazy. It, like, it's it's crazy what they've done, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just insane, to tell you the truth. It really is. Yeah. Uh, okay, this next one is a great pick. Another deep cut. It's Temple of the Dog and Times of Trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The performance from Chris Cornell on this song is just off the hook. Yeah. And and I, I don't like it's it's a kind of song that I don't know if it received the proper recognition for the the songwriting. Like the lyrics are so deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Times of Trouble. It's about suicide, you know, um, drug use, drug of course, use. and all that kind of. 
Yeah. And, and, um, where that came from too, is like temple of dog, you know, uh, the story I think is quite out there now, but it was kind of a secret almost, but it's about Andrew Wood. Yeah. Uh, who is the singer for mother love bone and literally on the eve of them going on tour to support their major album release, he overdosed Mm -hmm. and he was a roommate of Chris Cornell's. And so temple of dog is a, kind of like a recovery album and and the sense that the band members of mother love bone and the band members of Soundgarden got together to make this sort of tribute album to andrew wood yeah and the band members of mother love bone went on to become pearl jam and and here's the scary thing and, and eddie vetter i think first acknowledged this when they did the celebration of 10 10 year anniversary or even 20 year anniversary where there would be no pearl jam if andrew wood hadn't died wow like yeah that's how that's how deep this is like eddie vetter would not be where he is unless someone is no longer here eddie vetter uh actually addressed that and i believe is at the toronto performance of the that tour where it's though they had the whole dvd about it and such but uh that's what this album is. And I thought this particular song really captures what that feeling must be when you are in a time of trouble. And uh, uh, Chris Cornell's performance is just like, you know, goosebumps. So. Oh, yeah. 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 And I, I think it's an overlooked track, too, truthfully. I, I think it hasn't really got the attention it deserved. Oh, I agree. And, and to that, um, point that the whole record temple of the dogs great like you know everybody knows say hello to heaven and hunger strike but there's also songs like wooden jesus on there that are great yeah you know this one and you know if anybody's curious about andrew wood and what he sounded like he he was um they were good enough to include uh, a mother love bone song on the single soundtrack if you remember that it was uh, chloe dancer yeah amazing song oh yeah amazing song yeah and 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 the other part, too, that was kind of interesting is Mother Love Bone was still kind of glam, right? So, like, yeah. they still had the long hair, and Andrew Wood was over the top, kind of like a David Lee Roth-type character. And and the other thing that I thought would be, like, I was, you know, when I was sort of listening through this and really digging into the story is, like, what if he hadn't died? Pearl Jam helped propel grunge, of course, yep. but what if there was no Pearl Jam? Yeah. You, you know, like like this this whole story and narrative has had such an impact on music. It and for the longest time nobody knew about Andrew Wood other than, you know, people in Seattle and people who knew Mother Level cuz the the album hadn't come out yet, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, it 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 must have just been such a hard thing to go through being that band member, you know? Like oh, yeah. hey, we're about to, about to leave and then all of a sudden whoa nothing you know so how do you process that and unfortunately most of the singers that as a huge fan with from that era have unfortunately succumbed to their demons you know really the only one left is vetter i think out of the big five right yeah like lane staley uh stone temple pilots uh yeah chris cornell you know like like chris cornell was a weird one because i thought he was doing okay you know and they were already starting to work on the next album and I remember being online right when there was like a certain message and I was like, what's going on? You know, just 
could not believe it, you know, could not believe it. I was really surprised by that too, because of, well, he and Vetter seem to be, you know, you think about Cobain, uh, no surprise, Staley, no surprise, Wyland, no surprise, right? But, the, but yeah, Vetter and Cornell, I thought were the two guys that were, you know, they had their heads on straight about it and, and they were going to get through. So I was really thrown by that. Yeah. And, and, you know, the fact that Soundgarden were back together and touring, like, seemed to be like, this is the happiest time mm -hmm. to be in, you know, and I was lucky to see Soundgarden a number of times, uh, both before and after they'd broken up kind of thing. And, and uh, I thought they were sounding great, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, and, and, you know, the other part is, is the band is so secretive, like, they they aren't in the press at all ever. They yeah. they're you know nothing about what's going on with the band, and then all of a sudden they pop up somewhere. That's true. And and I think I think there's that Soundgarden has always had that mystique about them, and and yeah, like I said, this is something that just did not see it was coming. No, so, you're right. They, you know, Soundgarden almost uh, took a, a page out of Led Zeppelin's playbook that way. They they you know deliberately did not speak to the media. And wanted to deal directly with the fans, and um, I think Soundgarden was the same way. They they were very they kept their mystique up. They did not speak to the media a lot, and uh, like you said, they would just pop up and surprise people, and that was cool. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, in this day and age where everybody's trying to be present all the time, posting everywhere, they're the opposite. And and it just shows the power of the music that they've got. So yeah, and um, and, and you know what? Just I I miss that. I miss you know David Bowie and not knowing you know, not you know seeing a picture of him at the grocery store. That like I I love the mystique that those guys, you know, used to kind of make themselves more interesting. Yeah, you know, going back to that U two song, there's a phrase in there in an age. Was the last of the rock stars where hip hop drove the big cars hmm. in the time of new media? What's the big idea? So, I'm a yeah. big fan of the mystique. Yeah. <laughs> so, next, Harm and Ease, Cut Me Loose. I don't know this one. Yeah. So, I thought, you know, let's put in a, a really up and coming Canadian band. You know, that Discovery probably haven't heard it. Yeah, this really just caught my ear the last couple of weeks as far as like uh, what's on my indie radar. And I love this track as like this raw kind of rock attitude, punchy kind of song. So basically, this is a this would I'd say kind of like maybe be a band to watch for and check out. Cool. OK. Uh, Allison Chains, back to 90s grunge nutshell. This is the unplugged version. Yeah, so the nutshell is a again another one from that era of grunge and and such, but uh, uh, was sort of like that softer sound. It's another one where you just got to read the lyrics, you know. And that particular performance, you know, I was a really big Allison Chains fan, and there were so many stories around Lane Staley. Like prior to this acoustic performance, they'd not really toured. And there were so many stories about Lane Staley and his drug use mm -hmm. that all of a sudden when this performance came out, it was like so good. Um, they nailed it. And, and sadly, it's really kind of like the last thing that they did, you know, because um, yeah. because he did succumb to drug use later, but didn't uh, they didn't really do much more. Uh, so this was kind of like 
uh, as well from this album. They had previously released their Alice in Chains album with like Grind and Again on it. And this was the only chance to really see those songs performed live almost. And it was their acoustic versions. So, yeah. Uh, but Nutshell, Nutshell's a classic and it's been covered to death so many times. But uh, this is the original and, and uh, what a performance. Oh, yeah. I love Lane Staley. Always have. Yeah. yeah. And, and in this performance, he does not move at all. He just sits on a chair, shades on, and sings it but he doesn't move at all like and it's sort of that hauntingness to it that bring brings that other type of emotion out you know just that performance yeah you talk about mystique i mean he was one of those guys that those figures that you were he was he was a walking mystery really and even if you you watch this on youtube he kind of he's the last guy out they all come out one by one as they start the song it's the first song in the performance and he kind of comes out and he's got like a you know he just had this vibe about him you know and people are cheering wildly when he comes out and like you said he just he's got a poker face on he sings the song and he's he is dead still the entire time yeah. yeah. And he nails it. Like it oh, he makes yeah. it look easy. He makes yeah. it look easy. Yeah. You know. All right. Last song, Pearl Jam, Indifference. I guess I was on a grunge kick when I sub- yeah. submitted all these because obviously, you know, it could be such a more diverse list, but yeah, indifference. And I you know, maybe the other sort of thing when I was thinking about this list of songs is like what are we going through with COVID and a lot of this like, you know, times of trouble and make the most of life and, and kind of like, you know, really thinking right now in this, this sort of uh, time frame to, to get the most out of it, you know, and, and indifference is one that since it came out, it sort of has stuck with me, you know, and, and it's kind of like, I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be shaken. I'm, I'm moving forward is the, the feeling I get from this song. Yeah. like meaning shaken and, and such like I'm going to keep going. And, and I think, I think possibly that's what I was thinking of overall when putting the, this list of songs together. And, and this is one that's to me is like a timeless one. Like I can listen to it anytime, you know, where some of Pearl Jam stuff you can listen to. Okay. That sounds a little dated. Yeah. Uh, but this one timeless. Yeah. No, you're right. And very, very mellow, very vibey. Oh yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely. And it's like, uh, it sets this mood and and that's one thing Pearl Jam is really good at when they get their sort of like these mood songs in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they do their punk stuff, but uh, I, I feel like gravitate more towards the, the stuff that evokes like feelings and, and such. And yeah, indifference is me one too. that I always keep going back to. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Great finish, man. So that's a great list awesome. of songs. It's a lot of fun to talk about with you. Yeah, you know, it's it's music's been my life. Like I've studied it in all different shapes and you name it. Uh, I really appreciate having this opportunity to put together a list of songs together. You know. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna awesome. be, I'm in a little grunge kick now. I think I'm gonna go and listen to some of this stuff. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's almost like I feel it's sort of the last era of guitar rock. You know that had a global impact you know going back to the whole digital age and now algorithms and targeting it's going to be really difficult to have a movement that is so like monumentally effective globally Mm -hmm. 
because I mean, like these were all huge artists. They were all big, and and they did it on their own terms for the most part, musically, yeah, commercially, the way it was marketed, it was like almost anti-marketing, and, and and it sort of shows the power of it because they're all still relevant, and you still hear the the influences and in the music today. But I just don't know if there's going to be that type of movement again where it's like that was a scene, you know, and prior to that was hair metal scene in L.A. You know, people were moving to these cities because like, wow, I could get signed if I sound like them and bands were getting signed. But I don't I don't know if I can see that happening again, you know, so that's sort of a it's kind of a nod to that era, I guess. Yeah, you're right. And that's a great point, Daryl. I, I think that that was the last scene musically. And because it's been it's been 20 odd years since. So and we haven't seen anything like that. And I, I really given the landscape right now, I, I would hazard to say with, that we would ever see it again, sadly. Yeah. And, and the way things are going, it's going to be online in the metaverse and yeah. uh, people are going to connect there and stuff, which is great. And it's new, but yeah. So, so I think looking back at that time and that era, it, it says a lot to a lot of people. And, and I think the music stands where new fans are being created all the time that are falling in love with that music still. And that says a lot. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for the chat. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, anytime, if you need more lists, uh, I I can crank some more out. I if know you where need. to go. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Daryl, thank you very much. Take good care, my friend. You too. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Brent. All right. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Mr. Daryl Curtis. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.